Hello, everyone. This is Ron Stefanski with another episode of Disrupt Ed, where we talk to the passionate, the purposeful, the do-gooders out there who are making a difference, helping those of us to understand how to better perform, how to better exist in a disrupted digital world. I've had the pleasure of hosting Leah Cheney, who's been with us talking about how do we use digital strategies to connect in a more human way with each other? And how do we use that to define better relationships, better business to business relationships, better interpersonal relationships, and better relationships being uh, in our community as better human beings. Leah has brought a wealth of perspective and a lot of energy to this conversation. As you've noted in several of our other episodes, sometimes you can't contain me or my guests to a 20-minute format. So what you're listening to today is part two of my conversation with Leah Cheney. Where we'll pick up is what we were talking about most recently, which is how do we use digital disruption to actually create better human-to-human connections, to be more purposeful, to be more intentional, um, and to bring about a more civil discourse between people in our personal lives, in our professional lives, and most importantly, in our community lives. Your thoughts, Leah? I think a lot of marginalized community members, you know, like myself and, you know, um, all the different, like I said, varieties of, of marginalized humans that don't fit into um, the mold, right, who are considered different, as we've talked about, um, you know, we are often put in the spot where we have to defend why we should be accepted. And I think that drives me nuts, right? And um, what what d- the digital world offers us is a chance to educate ourselves. And I think that something that needs to be really understood is that despite your intentions, you can have the best intentions in the world as um, a cis white male or female or, you know, non-binary person, you can have the best intentions of the world, but it is up to you. Diversity and inclusion is a private journey. It is up to you to unravel systemic racism, to understand the oppression of the LGBTQ community, to look into legislation outside of what helps you and then what helps others to have their space. It is not something that other people can coach you on. It is not something that should be um, you know, publicly debated. It is a individual journey that you should take on your own. And although I'm a marginalized community member in the LGBTQ space, I, I still have had tremendous privilege in my life. Um, and I have my own DEI journey to be the advocate I want to be for the Black community, to be the advocate that I want to be starting at the most marginalized of marginalized, right? Like you can cut marginalization, if that's even a word, into lots of different pieces, but the intersection of them, like the black trans community is where I start. Where Where is the most impact to be made? It's standing up and having a voice. And that takes research on my side. I am not black and trans. So therefore, to understand it, I have to put myself on a journey. And that digital knowledge base is available online, but you have to be dis- able to decipher truth um, from fiction and using good resources um, but I, if anyone is listening to this and wondering, how do I become an advocate for any marginalized community member? It starts 
with becoming a student of what isn't you. And that's where you start. Wow. That's a great way to say that. You know, uh, one of my previous guests who I'll plug shamelessly here is Dr. Alicia Bizzano, who's the chief health officer of uh, Special Olympics. And in a previous episode, we just recently talked about how marginalized the community of those with intellectual disabilities is. And she rattled off a series of very, very disturbing statistics about the fact that uh, those with intellectual disabilities are four times more likely to suffer the worst consequences of COVID. And they're the least likely to have good health outcomes. And one of the reasons is because of expectation setting. You know, one of the biggest blinders on the ID community is that they're impaired in their ability to experience life fully. And that automatically resets expectations on the way we deliver healthcare or other services to them because they're not going to enjoy it as fully as the rest of us. And that's completely wrong. And we need a paradigm shift there. And I think, Leah, what you've done a magnificent job of here this afternoon is helping us all to understand our own role as lifelong learners in the human experience and the human experience that is not uniquely ours, that is uniquely someone else's. And I think that's a really powerful uh, insight you've just shared with us. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's very important. And I understand that the more um, followers I get and the more opportunities I get to speak to diversity and inclusion, that I have a responsibility to acknowledge that not only am I a speaker in what I have experienced as an LGBTQ human, that's what I can speak to, but I am also still very, very much so a student in all of diversity and inclusion. And I take that very seriously. I take that responsibility very seriously. Um, I have a network of, of humans that I'm connected to of all kinds of different, uh, you know, backgrounds. And um, uh, I am constantly learning from them, but also doing my own research. I'm a reader. I get my hands on all the materials that I can. And, you know, one of the most, one of the things that was really special to me recently was I did a speech for a client. I was a keynote speaker for them. And I spoke to just, you know, um, some of the religious trauma in the South that a lot of LGBTQ members, including myself, have gone through um, with such things such as conversion therapy and other things that are just absolutely disgusting. Um, but after the end of my speech, I had um, a black gentleman come up to me and say, you know, you really opened my eyes to the LGBTQ community. And I also appreciate that you didn't speak to things that weren't yours to speak to. And what he was kindly stating there is we've had other DEI advocates stand up and try to say that they're experts on all angles of diversity and inclusion. And so as I embark on a journey to do more DEI work, I am partnering with more uh, marginalized um, entrepreneurs that have started their efforts, right? And so teaming up with DEI groups um, that are supported within the Black community, that are supported within, um, you know, uh, size inclusivity activities that are supported uh, in right. for hu humans as a uterus, because you don't have to be the expert in everything. I'm not the expert in everything, right? And so my biggest piece of That's advice like said, is that nobody has all the answers and networking is everything. Connect with people who are like-minded and trying to make a difference. And instead of stepping on each other, elevate each other, help each other to get there. Um, so I've, I've done that and I've made some amazing friends um, and I'm learning every day. So um, yeah, you can't, you can't expect to be an expert in everything. 
Well, I am blessed that you've decided to take me on as your latest project and to be your friend and to be your colleague in this, because I think you're right. We have to learn about people who are essentially unlike us in so many ways. But what we do carry forward is an expression of our commitment to make sure that we're advocates for everyone, that we're advocates for inclusion, that we just want everyone to have the same kind of experiences that we who have been privileged to have them have had, and they may not have had because of their circumstances by birth, by gender, by identity. And I think that's amazingly powerful. You know, when I was um, on this journey um, after the George Lloyd experience that I described a moment ago, uh, one of my friends asked me to read the book, um, How to Be an Anti-Racist. And I found that to be a really, really interesting book. But I also it also sparked something else in me, and that was the English major that I was once a long time ago. And I went back and looked at my reading lists for my years as an undergraduate, and I recognized there were only two uh, African-American writers that were part of my entire four-year curriculum at the University of Michigan. And so my uh, project last summer was to create my own summer reading list. And what I found is I challenged myself to read uh, African-American writers. And what I found in doing that is I learned so much more about the lived experience of people who I simply was not like. I did not grow up in the South as an African-American. I did not participate in the great migration out of a Jim Crow laden community. And, but reading about their learned experiences was troubling, insightful, um, beautiful in some respects, tragic in others. Um, But I think you're right. I think you just hit the nail on the head, Leah. And that is if we uh, challenge ourselves to be students and to get our hands on everything that we can to shape our understanding of those who are unlike us, I think we end up better for it. And I will say this, I certainly feel better for following you these past six months. And um, I feel better about the world when I read what you have to say. Uh, It's powerful. It's riveting. uh, It's simple, too. It seems to me what you're asking people to do is simply to allow them to have the best experiences that you've had the opportunity to enjoy. That's it. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, it is against our human nature, our innate, how we're built into this world, how we come into this world, regardless of how you picture that. It is against our nature to hurt each other and to not be there for each other. Like it is exhausting. How exhausting it must be to hate others. And, um, you know, the That's easy- a really good observation, actually. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you know, being a good human is listening. It is feeling. It is coming from a place of empathy and understanding. And you're going to mess up, right? People mess up every day. When people misgender me or mess up on my, I don't get mad. I will let them know when I can. Um, And the reason for that is because I know that we're all a work in progress. However, just naturally be curious and supportive and start there, right? Start there and um, don't be afraid. I have a lot of people that tell me in the diversity and inclusion space, well, I don't say anything. I don't stand up because I'm afraid of doing anything wrong. And I say, what a weak excuse. What a weak excuse not to show up. (laughs) Like have some accountability because being an ally is a is something we should all be proud to wear 
Um, and being an ally is hard, is, is hard work, but it's also very rewarding when done correctly. And a lot of people want the, the, the cheap way to get there and to just say, ah, I support you. And then they don't vote in that way. They don't stand up for you in that way. They don't look out for you in that way. And that's not an ally. A true ally is somebody who walks the walk and talks the talk of supporting others. And, um, you know, I think, again, since we have polarized this country into this being a political issue, one of the first things we can say is, why is this a political issue? And how do we start having these conversations around these politicians? Because you know what we can all agree on if we just take a minute? F the politicians. Who gives a shit about these politicians who literally, you know, want your power, have that level of narcissism where their whole ability in life is just to be powerful and to be the chosen person, right? Like, that's not who we are as humans. Who we are as humans is we are people. And I don't mean to harsh on politicians, but like turning on the news and having any side of the political party be just front and center as the face of America right now. I think the reason why we're really feeling this polarized us against each other is because we're putting politicians in a place they don't need to be. Like when I was growing up, I, I, you know, we talked about Bill Clinton and George Bush. I couldn't have picked them out of a lineup as a kid, right? Like who cares? Right. Let's get back to being humans. And yes, you have to vote. It is a very privileged statement to say, who cares about politicians? Well, marginalized people do because our lives are on the ballot every time legislation comes forward. So vote, vote, vote. But in addition to that, let's get into a country where we put politicians back in their corners they're supposed to be on. And helping each other be humans, supporting each other is no longer a red versus blue thing but it's a heartbeat. It's a human thing. And we're helping each other. Let's get out of political theater and let's get out of pageantry and let's hold our hands out and help each other stand up right now. And it's as simple as that. I'm going to give you another amen on that. I think that's a really, really uh, great summary of what you've been sharing this afternoon. For those joining us, it's been a wonderful episode of Disrupt Ed, where we talk to the passionate, the purposeful, the do-gooders. And as you can tell, Today's guest, Leah Cheney, has been all of that and more. What we started out with is how do we use digital strategies to connect with humans? And what I believe you were treated to with my amazing guest, Leah Cheney, today was a treatise on how to be more human, how to use technology to connect with people, but how to get back in touch with being human, with being open with being reflective, curious, empathetic, and all those things we all want to be. And oh, by the way, it's interesting and ironic that we've had Leah talking about putting politicians in their place in this world to make it a more equitable, make it a more personable, make it a more welcoming world for everyone. And we're having this conversation, my friends, on election day. And so if you haven't voted... Please get out there and vote because uh, it's so important. Leah, I want to thank you once again for bringing such hope and humor uh, into our connections. I am looking forward to hearing more from you. And I'm going to ask you 
uh, one request as we wrap up to share any last minute thoughts and also to invite you to come back because this is such an important conversation. In a world of disruption, we need to know how to undisrupt human interactions and human contact and bring it together. And I think Leah has provided a wonderful, wonderful guidepost for how to do that. So any closing thoughts and can we get you back? I mean, yes to getting back. And um, I think on the on the closing thoughts, it's just this again. The easiest thing you can do in creating a habit is to just do it repeatedly over and over again. And I think what I would like to challenge everyone to do is just on the simplest, most mundane things that you do to the most complicated, important, such as voting, um, raising children, other things. I want you to always ask yourself the simple question, what would a good human do? Right. What would a good human do? What would a good human do right now? And that seems really mundane, but it's something that I try to put into practice several days a week with myself. It's something I've gotten a lot of uh, friends to do. Um, and like I said, it can be as simple as you get to a door and somebody's walking out when you're walking in and just taking a minute to say, what would a good human do? And stepping to the side and smiling at someone and wishing them a good day to something as complicated as, you know, speaking to your children about an issue they had at school. What would a good human do? in this moment right now. It's a simple way to just really look at each interaction and to try to come at a place of um, curiosity and wonder, but also with support and um, effort into getting back to that innate who we are at our core, which is humans helping humans. Um, and it's just a simple way to get there. What would a good human do today? And I hope that some people try that. Um, and if you do and you want to let me know, you can follow me on LinkedIn uh, under Leah Cheney. And I look forward to hearing how that works for everybody. But what would a good human do today? And for me, it was showing up on this podcast um, and it was voting since it's election day. Um, it was sitting, um, you know, drawing a little doodle for my daughter, uh, who I've been traveling a lot and haven't seen her as much. But that's what a good human would do uh, in my eyes today. Fantastic. For those joining us, this has been another episode of Disrupt Ed with Leah Cheney talking about how to create genuine, authentic human experiences with each other by doing what any human would do under the circumstances. Thank you. And we welcome you back. Take All care. Right. Thank you so much, Ron.